0: Hi friends, and welcome to The Spirit Scoop with Michelle. Michelle is just your typical grounded, Taurus, Canadian loving girl who loves everything spiritual. Michelle is a spiritual medium, a Reiki master, and an angel reader. Get ready each week to dive into Michelle's own lived experiences, spiritual guidance and tips, awesome guests, and lots and lots of spirits, of course. Together, we'll feel inspired, may learn something new, We'll learn to trust in spirit, and don't be surprised if you have a lot of OMG moments. So now's your time to grab a cup of tea, get comfortable, and we're about to start. Here's your host, Michelle Lindsay. Today I have my friend Richard here today, and today we are going to be talking about aliens and UFOs and all of that. So, Richard, welcome to the podcast. How would you like to introduce yourself to my audience today?
1: Well, I guess I would have to begin with ever since I was a young child, uh, fascinated in the areas of uh, UFOs, but but it spanned you know all areas of interest such as you know cryptozoology, Bigfoot, you know Loch Ness monster. Ever since I was a little kid, and then as I as I got older, you know I got more into uh, once I became a teacher. Uh, which I'm a special ed teacher, we had began a paranormal club at our high school, probably the coolest club you could have, in my opinion. We got lo- we got uh, hooked up with a local uh, ghost hunting crew, and uh, they took us out on some investigations um, on each of those. that was absolutely 100% activity. Uh, I got involved um, in that for a few years, still always dabbling in the area of ufology. And then um, once I get into my uh, early 50s, you know, around 50, 51 is when suddenly mediumship came into my life. But again, you know, um, I love all the areas. Fascinated. I think really what drives me is, you know, these unknowns, these things that we just really don't have proof of. I'm just driven to find out what the truth is, Um, what's real, what's not real. You know, the in-between uh, which is how I usually, I travel those three roads, you know, in all the research.
0: I love that. I know this conversation came up naturally in one of our Zoom calls um, with a few people that we get together with um, once uh, once in a while, and we just started talking about aliens. I don't even know how, and then I was like, "Wait, <laughs> you sound like you know a lot about this stuff." I feel like this <laughs> should be a podcast episode. This is how we kind of planned this episode. I was like, let's start recording because I have so many questions and I don't know if it's better that I come into this episode with with so many questions, like not knowing a lot. This isn't something that I dabble into. This isn't something right. I research. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't really stay up to date with the news. The only news that I see usually is Facebook news. Right. There is like some UFO sighting stuff on there, but... My mm-hmm. knowledge is very little, so I'm excited mm-hmm. to learn about more about this in this podcast episode. I think the biggest question is that you know people ask themselves is, do they believe in aliens and UFOs that are out there? Like, do are we alone in this in this world?
1: Well, I firmly believe we're not. If I'm gonna uh, quote Jodie Foster from the movie Contact, if there's not then I think it's an awful waste of space. Mm-hmm. As I was growing up, you know, like I said, I was fascinated. I would watch um, shows. I mean, as early or the seventies, as early as maybe like seven years old, I used to watch um, In Search of. It was a documentary, um, like a weekly show, but it was uh, narrated by Leonard Nimoy, who is um, Spock in Star Trek. There would always be something about whether um, UFOs or Bigfoot or Loch Ness Monster or mermaids or whatever it was, but it just absolutely fascinated me, and I just was driven to like know more about it. So, however, I could. Now, I you know I'm not a re- a book reader, but I would read books. Probably one of the best books out there, I think, is uh, goes back to the the Roswell incident. Philip J. Corso, I believe he was a general. He was part of that whole uh, incident, which we can get into more uh, later on, Um, because I definitely would want to talk about Bill Tompkins, um, where he gives you a bird's eye view of what was going on since the 1930s. What really got me going was, and it was probably because of the TV show that I watched or any other show. Um, I was always fascinated with the planets and, you know, the universe and everything. But I do remember my mother taking me to her aunt and uncle's place. And maybe it was because of the show and she saw that I was interested, but I just cannot understand why at a a seven-year-old, her aunt and uncle would proceed to tell me that they saw a UFO. And I was just shocked. And I'm like, where where was it and they were like well it was down the street and i just you know naturally asked those questions what did it look like how big was it you know when did this happen and i'll never forget that i was just so baffled you know that wait a 2nd there really there must be someone else out there and who are they it was just um you know like just this driven energy but as i got older And I would really say a lot of the information came out as of like maybe 2014, 2015, you know, when YouTube got big. But I had always throughout my life, I'd read whatever magazine I could find about it, whatever book, as long as it wasn't too lengthy, uh, any TV show, documentary, whatever I could find. Uh, Specifically, things started to really unravel for me more so, as I had mentioned, when YouTube got big. And people started podcasting. So one of the big names out there, and uh, you know, I hope your listeners, well, maybe they know, and if they don't know, they really need to tune into this person. Um, her podcast is projectcamelotportal.com. Her name is Carrie Cassidy. She is the forerunner, the pioneer of, I believe the word, whistleblower. She has done over a thousand interviews of whistleblowers that were either uh former military uh fbi cia government senators and anyone that you know worked in that area uh, astronauts even so most of the time they were just elderly and they were no longer at that point worried about breaking their oath and all of the threats that would that were made towards them and their family and extended family and whatnot
0: what does whistleblower mean
1: Good question. So, a whistleblower is someone who—it kind of goes back to, um, you know, uh, the police back in the, um, you know, uh, England, way, way, way back in the day when they had clubs and they had a whistle. So, when they saw, you know, a criminal act being, you know, occurring, they would blow their whistle. So they're, you know, showing the truth, and that's really what it uh, basically means: is someone who shows the truth that's been hidden. And Carrie Cassidy really was the pioneer uh, bringing that that term. Um, now it's widely used. You'll hear it on the news. Um, you'll hear it all through social media, um, even in politics, You know, especially with uh, the upcoming election and whatnot, which is, I don't, that's a whole nother ballgame. <laughs> Probably one of the most striking interviews that she did, and I could give you just a list of names, but the best one, one of the best ones was Bill Tompkins. Really He just recently passed away. I think he passed away at the age of 94. He had mentioned that back in the 1930s, there was a woman by the name of Maria Ursic, who was channeling some entity. And basically what, what they had come to find out was that these were reptilian beings, okay? But they were basically watching us for a very, very, very long time. They've also lived on this earth underground for a very, very long time. According to them, they believe that um, this earth is theirs. It's their property. So what they had seen in their opinion was that the Germans pretty much had the best technology out there, uh, even dating back to the 1930s. So what they did was they gave, they presented themselves. After, after a series of uh, channeling events by uh, Maria, and gave them the technology to build ships that could um, escape the gravity of our Earth. At some time during World War II, they left. So it was a whole faction of Germans who literally left Earth and built um, a base on the moon. So one of the things that, you know now they it, it gets very complicated they basically they still went ahead and used slave labor um they built the the base in the shape of a swastika if you could believe it um their ships that they used besides which were smaller ships too um those were the ones that were known as the foo fighters um not the group okay that's actually where they got that name from Uh, the Foo Fighters, um, basically, I believe it was back in the 50s where there was a series of UFOs that literally flew over, uh, the Capitol. Okay. Which really sparked, you know, concern over the security of our nation and our airspace. But anytime we would, you know, sight them and our fighters would go out, They could never catch up to them. There was, you know, the technology that was, you know, the way these ships could move. It was just, um, it was just unbelievable. But basically, that was the Germans saying, we didn't lose the war. We're in control. And unfortunately, what happened was the US, after the war, brought all of those German scientists, whoever didn't leave, brought them to the United States. All right. And they just basically bided their time um you know over the decades and at this point really they've kind of like in my opinion infiltrated our our government it's kind of like the fifth reich so they they built their base on on the moon and then over time uh, according to bill Tompkins, and he believe it or not was actually being led in and kept safe because telepathically he was being uh guided by a pleiadian which it just it sounds incredible but if you go to her website you'll be able to uh, uh i believe it was a two-parter the technology that was given was absolutely incredible so from there uh, the moon uh, they basically had their own secret space program which is now known as dark fleet from there they had wanted to try to break away from the reptilians because they were malicious and they you know they just even for them even for those germans it wasn't a good idea uh that they continue to you know um interact with them so they tried to escape i don't even want to use the word escape they moved to mars so they built the base on mars um so no matter what they say they're hiding information from you they have for decades and decades. Mars does have an atmosphere. Okay. Um, There is vegetation, there are animals there. Um, As far as I know, there's probably around, it could be more now, but there's probably like a good 10,000 people that are living on Mars. And over time generations, now you have what's known as German Martians. Okay. (laughs) So the reptilians, they're, I guess, definitely what what you would say, the bad guys. Those are the bad guys. Um, They use us for slave labor. They use us as a food source. I don't like talking about it too much, but um, there's so many people, especially children, that have gone missing into the millions Mm -hmm. over time. Um, And I would say that's where a majority of them have gone which really uh, brings about the whole idea of um, the secret space program, where the Germans had started what's called the 20 and back program. Okay, great person to um, understand that better is Corey good, you can go to AscensionWorks.tv. He got started along with David Wilcox. Um, I think they're they've now separated, they're doing their own thing. But Corey, I guess back in 2016, he started getting uh, memories back, not ever knowing that his memory was wiped. So he was getting all these memories back, and um, he was commissioned. He was uh, basically taken, brought into the 20 and back program. Um, But as they say, that's 20 and back, 20 and back, 20 and back. They keep recycling you. So you could be part of this. You're either slave labor or you're a soldier, known as a super soldier, uh, whatever they desire to use you as. And this was basically being run by the, the the Germans from the moon, and also the reptilians. When I say twenty, in fact, there was a certain point where he was returned, but before he was returned, they age regressed him back to the age when he first left, and they also uh, wiped his memory. But there, according to him, they brought him back to the time when he had just been taken
0: like the same location
1: yes so in other words he was taken mm-hmm. right and this time traveling however they work this this system he was taken he's gone at the same moment he was brought back he had already served his 20 or 40 years The age regressed them so it was as if he never really left who would have known His wife um, or his family at that time had no idea.
0: Okay. So there was like no time has passed for anybody in the physical. But what makes him think that there was 20 to 40 years that he was gone for?
1: Well, the memories that he recovered, um, I guess it got to a point where he had to come out with it. Um, He had gotten involved with David Wilcox and decided to tell his story because He wanted to see if there was more people out there. There's a great show. uh, I believe it's uh, just called Disclosure. If you go into Gaia TV, that's another great platform where a lot of these uh, 20 and back whistleblowers um, are interviewed besides Corey. Good. There's uh, Jason Rice. Another one who tells an amazing story.
0: It almost feels like it's like a glitch in the matrix, right? Where it's like some. (laughs) Had to shift where it's like this is does not feel real and it's unexplainable.
1: Yeah. I, you know, uh, when we use the word matrix, I, you know, I don't, I'm not sure how to wrap my head around that, you know, um, that makes me, well, like the movie Matrix, you know, it's like, I don't know, like there's this greater design of things controlling everybody. Um, but yeah, um, I suppose you could put it that way, you know, a glitch. But he's corroborated his story with uh, several other whistleblowers who claim um, that we're in the 20 and back. Uh, i trying to remember his first name. It was Rodriguez. Uh, he was another one. Um, Laura Eisenhower, the great-granddaughter of the president, um, was almost recruited to the Mars program and um she had gotten involved with somebody she's also out there now she does podcasts but she had separated herself from that person because she had realized um it was just presented it was her boyfriend at the time out of nowhere he presents this to her and she kind of freaked out you know and uh you know he basically asked her you know do you want to get involved in this program and be a recruit and go to Mars you know somebody walks up on you i mean let alone your you know your significant other at the time and suggests something like that i per i think it would scare the hell out of me (laughs) or or it might it might interest somebody and say wait a minute what's going on you know and i think for her it did but for sure it spooked her and she separated herself but she's told her story now if you go back to her great-grandfather um there's belief that um, at a certain point, certain location out in the Midwest, there was that first contact um, with the the little gray aliens with the big eyes and the big head and the little chins. Um, and there was a deal, mate. Basically, we'll give you technology if you allow us to. Well, I'll use the word abduct, but they want to study, you know, uh, humans. Supposedly, it had to do with. Their genetics, there were genetic flaws in them. they had evolved to a certain point where they wanted to try to, I guess, reinvent uh, or change their physiology um, in order to continue on with their civilization. However, they broke the they broke the code. so they didn't really care and they you know, they just basically abducted whoever. So you hear about reports of, you know, it's now in the millions of people who would say I think I was abducted. Uh, by aliens there's people who specifically women who said they've been impregnated they became pregnant they then were no longer pregnant and then at a later time they were brought up into this spaceship where um, they were reunited with that child which was a hybrid child a gray and human oh wow they were smaller they had you know white scraggly hair but at least they had hair Unlike the grays, very large eyes, more spindly features. So it was sort of like an in between of a little gray alien and a human, if you can almost imagine that in your mind.
0: Yeah. Okay. So my question is, before I forget it, is yeah. there sounds like there's a lot of like evidence, like stories. Like if there's so yes. much evidence, why is there still so many question marks about if they're real or if people um, believe in them or not?
1: Well, I think uh the veil is finally being broken but it's an intentional veil i think religion has a big part of it um if suddenly you know as to as far as as to why it's been kept hidden but even though like you're saying there's so much evidence you know why are not people jumping on board with you know hey I, what's going on we want to know i really don't know I, I i guess people have become just sort of desensitized to that But also have believed for so many decades that if you say you believe in something like that, you are ridiculed, you get made fun of, you look like, you know, a quack. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember through the years, you know, growing up where, you know, they would throw it on the news every once in a while. And the broadcaster who brings it up is rolling their eyes, they're, you know, they're laughing, they're giggling. um, Just shaking their head at oh another one says they saw a ufo and aliens again <laughs> but now over the last two years the Pentagon has released absolute evidence footage even that these are ufos there was a couple one known as the tic tac video that thing whatever it was as they described it moved in ways that they could not understand it could be a foot above the water and then it sh- would shoot into the air and it's gone. Comes back, goes into the water. It can move in the water just like it can move in the air. Almost as if it had, like, its own type of force field around it. It can travel in a 90-degree angle at, you know, Mach whatever, like, at six or 7,000 miles an hour. That would kill anybody if someone was operating the ship, okay? This was happening over a fleet of... um aircraft carriers and they had scrambled their jets to go try to catch up with it and they just couldn't so there is footage it's radar footage they did describe what it looked like and it looked like a tic-tac it looked like a pill like a capsule all white okay
0: I thought you said TikTok, not TikTok.
1: No, no, no. <laughs> Tic Tac.
0: Like, oh, it's on TikTok. I'll check it out.
1: <laughs> yeah, the breath the breath well, you probably can find it on TikTok or TikTok. Excuse me. I just
0: I was gonna it, say it where, where are these um videos if, if people wanted to go look them up.
1: You can look this up anywhere. You can you can go on, you know, the internet and I'm sure you'll find anything. Now um and that just gave me a thought where it's called a TR-3B. Edgar Fouché helped build this. It's a black triangle aircraft. All right. I know I'm jumping into a whole nother area. But this all has to do with the exchange of technology and also the retroengineered technology that we received from the crash in Roswell in 1947. However, Edgar Fouché helped build this. You could look up his name. Uh, he's done presentations on it. Um, the TR-3B is a black triangle Um, there's a great video on youtube where it's hovering in the air okay and it's just a black triangle on each point there's a light and then there's a larger circular light in the middle it's ours it has hyperspace technology it's um, nuclear powered apparently and people think it's a ufo but it's ours and i've even seen footage of one actually sitting on an aircraft carrier. The aircraft carrier I was referring to, along with the others with the Tic Tac video, was the USS Nimitz. There was also footage of another uh, series of sightings where these were pyramid shaped UFOs. And this was brought forth by the Pentagon. Okay. That also happened. There were several of them. They were flying over another group of our aircraft carriers. It's almost as if it was like a joke. It's like, you know, like they were toying with us. All right. There's also been reports where um, UFOs flew over our air bases that had nuclear missiles. One of the whistleblowers, I believe it was Clifford Stone. Um, Clifford Stone and Bob Dean, if you look those names up, my God, they talk about the Anunnaki. Who are the Anunnaki? Um, I can get into that later.
0: I feel like this is definitely one of those areas where you could deep dive into and you're just like continuing to deep dive and learn, learn, learn.
1: Absolutely. And so I can only give surface right now uh, before I like dive deeper into any other area. So these UFOs, these flying disks, whatever, they were hovering over our air base where there were nuclear missiles. And suddenly it was completely taken over. They were switched on. Uh, we were pretty much at. DEF CON 4 or whatever, that they were about to be, you know, uh, sent up into the air. So everyone's scrambling. All of a sudden, they're shut down. When they investigate, they realize that they were completely disabled. So in other words, it's like somebody hit the launch button and it took over the whole system, hit the launch button, then stopped it, then basically melted the warheads. So they were just not usable at all. There's also footage of, um, and I believe it was a nuclear missile test, sends it up into the air. All of a sudden, this UFO comes in from one area, shoots something at one end, comes around the other end, shoots another beam of light at it, comes around the other side, shoots another beam. So this thing had to be traveling as fast as this missile, which is probably going a few thousand miles an hour.
0: What do you think their intention was with that?
1: that? particular event i think they were saying looking at us like children Mm-mm-mm. you're not going to play with these toys we won't let you thing just fell right out of the air after it hit you know with like three or four different beams right at the tip of it and it just and it just dropped and ufo gone so basically i think they're saying we're not going to let you send these missiles off they're too destructive and it is interesting to go back to uh World War II, when we did use the atomic bomb, that's when a huge amount of UFO sightings began. Almost as if to say, they caught that out of the corner of their eye and they said, uh-oh, we got to go check this out. They now have nuclear technology and we have to investigate it and watch and you know, keep an eye on them.
0: Do you think that they're threatened by us having this technology like do they feel like they are in danger because of this reason
1: not personally but i think what they're looking at is we have no idea what we're playing with and the, the ramifications of it on levels that we haven't even understood in terms of physics how such uh, an explosion could perhaps affect the, fab- uh, the fabric of space and time or if there is such thing as dimensions, um, who knows? But that's what it appears to me that I don't think they're personally um, afraid, but I think they're also afraid of us destroying ourselves. So this is a huge puzzle because I'm saying to myself, "All right, well, as I was just discussing um, Bill Tompkins, you know." And what the reptilian uh beings were really looking to do by using us and you know the Germans that had left the planet, gone to the moon, then gone to Mars. Um, you know, it's almost as if how does all that play into it? And were these the little gray aliens who was try- who were, you know, shooting these um these missiles out of the air? You know, basically, like what part do all of these You know, what role do they all have? Are they even aware of each other? I'm sure they are. Um, Are any of these forces fighting against each other at any particular time? You know, is there a war, you know, going on outside of our planet in space? Um, I don't know. Um, There's uh, the type of beings, different types of beings that I've heard of besides reptilians and the greys, which, uh, by the way, are there's several types of greys. So there's small ones, there's medium sized, there's tall ones. There's um, also the Pleiadians. I believe the, I want to say the Lumerians.
0: Okay, so there's a lot of different types of aliens. Are they... Yeah. like Mostly you-
1: that have visited our planet or have been here for a long time already. Um, it's not like they're new here. They've been very well aware of our planet and our civilization for a very long time.
0: Oh yeah, they've probably been around longer than we have in this lifetime. Right um how do you feel about that knowing and believing that they are all around us like do you feel is there any sense of like <clears throat> you know fear that you feel or do you feel neutral about it? Do you feel that it's expansive where you have hope for the future and you feel like they're here to help us?
1: Uh, I I want to say I'm neutral um I think there's some that are. They, you know, use and abuse us. There's others that are trying to help us. There's others here that, you know, they're good guys, but they're not really interested in uh, messing around with us. You know, so there's those all in betweens. Um, another thing you have to understood, uh, understand is um, you start getting into the, uh, the biblical times and the Bible and... Uh, it makes you it makes you wonder, because you know when you get into the the, the stuff about the references, the giants, the Nephilim, the fallen angels, um, how um, they you know um, laid with earthly women and that created the giants, and those were known as the Nephilim. Um, and then you get into the part about Zachariah Sitchin. Who had uncovered hundreds of tablets from the ancient Sumerians, um, which is you know basically as far as we know, like the dawn of civilization, which is basically Iraq, you know where the Sumerians, the um, Assyrian, not the yeah you know, the Babylonians and whatnot, you know, which is around the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers. Okay, according to Zachariah Ascension. They were the original Anunnaki, okay, which were beings that were like 10 feet tall, all right? They ruled over us. Basically, with, um, according to Carrie Cassidy and all of her findings with that, um, they genetically engineered us from probably primates. Um, there was probably several attempts, and they used us as slave labor. There were two... According to the uh, story of um, the Anunnaki, there was uh, Enki and Enlil. They were brothers. Uh, they were both in charge of basically the earth. And one was good, one was bad, kind of like the story of Cain and Abel. Um, there's a lot of parallels is what I'm trying to say. Okay, In terms of uh, the creation of man and um, all of the stories in the Bible that kind of go go through time. So I'm not saying uh, I am a believer in God and I believe in you know in Jesus. So um, I try to take this all with a, a grain of salt. But basically for me over, over the years, it's just been one big giant puzzle. And I'm just trying to piece the puzzle together as best as I can.
0: I love that story that you shared um, when it was just me and you chatting last time. It was about like the technology for, was it for Apple or iPhones or something?
1: That goes back to 1947, okay? So that was Roswell, New Mexico, and a UFO had crashed, crashed. Um I believe it was Max Brazel who was the owner of the ranch who went out there to see, you know, what what was going on. When he got out there, there was just metal littered everywhere.
0: Do we know what it crashed into?
1: I've heard different stories of, you know, at the beginning of this, it just crashed. Okay. Some people thought perhaps it was hit by lightning or whatever. Um, what I understand it to be was uh, intentionally brought down. Okay. Which kind of gets into uh, in Utah, the Skinwalker Ranch. This guy, Travis, he's an astrophysicist. I'm I'm forgetting his last name. They have a running show. There'll be new episodes coming out probably in the spring. It's called um, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. All right. And basically, in my opinion, and he even said it, what they're uncovering there, there's a new owner to that area, the Skinwalker Ranch. They're just trying to find out what's going on. There's just all this paranormal activity. A Skinwalker basically is um, like a Native American who has the ability to uh, shapeshift into animals like wolves or coyotes. They're very powerful. They're very um, beguiling. And uh, they're dangerous. So if you see one, you know, they say run, but there's all kinds of just ghostly activity that go on. It's just, there's so many strange phenomena that goes on in uh, Skinwalker Ranch. So this new owner took it from Robert Bigelow, I believe worked with NASA and he's a, a, you know, self-made millionaire, probably a billionaire at this point. He had done all kinds of testing on Skinwalker Ranch. When they were done, he turned it over to this other guy and now they're doing this show. But they never disclosed any of the information. So they had to start from scratch. Basically, what I think they found, or what uh, Travis is saying he's found, is an installation of a phased array radar system, which basically messes up the guidance system of any particular UFO, whether it's some kind of electromagnetic field or directed energy weapon. But as he called it, a phased array radar system which is what brought down the UFO in um, uh, Roswell, New Mexico. So it was intentional. Now that actually got out into the papers because Max Brazel, he went, he reported it. And then out comes Jesse Marcel. He came out there to investigate. He grabbed up some of the items. I believe he even took it back. Some of the items back to his home, uh, to his son and showed him, one of which was like uh, in the shape of like an I-beam. You know, those metal I-beams they use to build buildings in like cities and whatnot. It was shaped that way. But there was hieroglyphics all the way through it. Okay. He also brought home another. It, looked, it was a piece of metal. But what's interesting about it was the weight of it was like a feather. You can crumple it up into a ball. And then when you released it, it would just on its own, it would. Unravel, flat. No creases, no crinkles, no nothing.
0: Oh. It was a metal material, was it?
1: It was a type of metal material. Okay. Then Jesse had gone back. Once he told his commanding officer, they got out there. They had rows of men on the ground picking up every piece that they could find. They were shoulder to shoulder, like, you know, yards and yards long until they got through the whole field of all of the, um, the wreckage. And had loaded it on trucks and took it to uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. They did also wind up taking bodies. The story is one of them may have still, one or two of them may still have survived that crash, Little Gray Aliens. The story, they get out to the paper, but by the next day, it was retracted and uh, said that uh, it was merely a, uh, a weather balloon. So basically, they wanted to just hush it. This is going to scare the people. Why let it out? Um, okay, well, I would say in terms of religion, it would probably scare the crap out of everybody and cause chaos. If you go back to Orson Welles, um, what was the name of the movie that was created from it? And it was back in the 40s. Um, people had tuned into this this story, this book that he was reading. Um, back then, you know, it was radios back in the forties. So people tuned in, and unfortunately, they um if they tuned in late, they didn't know they thought it was real. War of the worlds. So that was the name of it. It was fake. He was reading script. Okay. But people, and it's uh I actually think the place was in uh where they said as it's being aired by Orson Wells, he was referring to an actual place in Pennsylvania people went nuts they were committing suicide they thought they were being invaded by martians and um, the world was coming to an end all right so you can imagine the the chaos and then throughout the decades you know how they have all kinds of movies and it's always about some kind of alien invasion right um i would say very rarely is it about you know uh a nice well unless it's like a nice happy what's the one um et right yeah you don't see movies like that very much Usually it has some kind of negative connotation. I think for that reason also, you know, besides religion, that uh, it would just cause too much chaos. Our religions basically teach that, you know, there is no one else out there. We're the only one. We've been created by God. Um, The world, according, you know, uh, according to the Catholic religion, the world is only close to 7,000 years old. We're in the seventh day, you know, and then they get into a whole debate about, you know, where the dinosaurs come from and whatnot.
0: I've always kind of believed in aliens, but I feel very like not, I know there's a lot of fear based around Mm -hmm. it and I don't find that at all. I find it's like, it's almost like we're talking about spirit. We're talking about aliens. Like, I feel like we all exist. exactly. And I think with religion as well, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of fear-based beliefs. You know what I mean? Right. So that makes sense in that way. Um, It's
1: all about the way we're taught to think, you know, I'm not afraid either. I'm not concerned you know, I'm a believer in God, you know, when it's my time, it's my time.
0: The galaxy is so big and there's just so much more out there that we don't even
1: know about. It has to be, there has to be, there's so much evidence out there. And that's, and that's basically where I'm, where I've come to today. Based on all the evidence, all the things I've seen, read documentaries that I've listened to, I'm absolutely convinced 100%. There is somebody visiting our planet. I mean, come on, there's like, From I heard, and and I'm I'm putting the puzzle together myself, I was told by Corey Good, well, not personally, but, you know, I I heard from him um, and also David Wilcox that we, our genetics, our DNA has been messed with on 22 different occasions by different alien species. So, in a sense, we're all hybrids. Okay, well, you could believe that or not believe that. But you know what's interesting? Scientifically, there are 22 different body types on this planet. That's proven.
0: Okay.
1: You start to put things together and you 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 start doing this. You're like, wait a second, you know? Mm-hmm. What's going on? You know. Interestingly enough, from the Roswell incident, uh, Philip J. Corso, he was the commanding officer. It was all about him. He was in charge of it. I mean, he had higher ups. He wrote his book the day after Roswell. I think he's passed now. I believe he did pass. He had described what had happened with all of the um all of the wreckage that they had taken to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base um and there were reports of different people um whistleblowers that had said they were there during that time the secretary the nurses there's written you know diaries or you know um different types of uh, what's the word I'm looking for um documents proven that it's from these people that they were there their credentials are proven um, whether it was nurses or secretaries or whoever, these people are ne- needed to run the bases, right? And to bring this all in, you just can't hide this all 100%, right. You know people are going to see things, you know Also other soldiers at the time that were part of it that they they saw these boxes, they lifted up, they saw there was a body in it. Um, it didn't look human. Uh, but basically with all of the wreckage, um, this is where we got Kevlar which is a very strong material, very Mm -hmm. similar to uh, what they use for like uh, backpacks that kids take to school. Um, Spandex, believe it or not, widely used, right? Fiber optics, widely used. Okay. They got all this technology from the wreckage of that crash. Night vision goggles and the computer chip. That's, where our technology took off
0: what year was that again the
1: 1947 crash. in roswell new mexico were there other crashes prior to uh and after that absolutely bob lazar who worked for s4 i believe which is in connection with area 51 okay Area 51 wasn't even on the map until around 1987, where they finally came out with it. And they said, Yeah, we have a secret air base there. And, you know, we do, you know, that's where we test all our, uh, our secret weapons and, you know, our technology and whatnot. So he was brought in. All the people are brought in, uh, from an airliner. There's, there's no roads in or out of there.
0: For the people that work there, like the nurses and everybody, do they have to sign like a disclosure paper? I'm sure they do.
1: Hmm. I'm sure they did. There were threats made by uh, one particular—I think it was Philip J. Corso—who—who had said threats were made, and that's where the whole Men in Black thing come from. You know, it's believed that many of them weren't even human.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: One of his statements um, was that. If you don't keep your mouth shut about this, they'll be picking your bones out of the desert and your entire family too. So when you're threatened on a level like that, you'll shut your mouth. Okay. Um, So I'm sure anyone in charge, well, not in charge or anyone involved, any soldier, Jesse Marcel at that time, they were basically told to keep their mouths shut. I'm sure they were uh, told to sign a disclosure agreement or what they call an NDA, non-disclosure agreement. And then as they got older, they weren't afraid of breaking that oath anymore. They were, you know close to their death or whatever. Uh, over the decades, uh, absolutely people who have come forward have been mysteriously um, uh, have mysteriously died or mysteriously gone missing and never heard of again. Okay? There's a huge number of reports. So that computer chip was huge okay but basically what uh general corso's job was he took all of these things and he went out to corporations i think it was the 50s by now where um commercialization and industry was really moving along where um you know people were buying more products um there was more at home you know things being used you know where that they were developing um you know washers dryers irons you know toasters they were you know TVs and all kinds of stuff so um he was asked to go to these uh he told one of his commanding officers take these things go to these corporations and tell them this is what we have we're not going to tell you where we got it from see what you can make from it so those companies brought together their brightest minds to try to figure out what can they do What can they make out of this? And that's where they came up with the night vision goggles, the spandex, the Kevlar, the fiber optics, um, and the computer chip also. They were also told, whatever you make out of it, we got first dibs by the military. All right. So in other words, you'll be able to make your money from that in time. But whatever your findings are, whatever you can make out of it, it comes back to us first. So you can imagine the technology that was created from that, especially the computer chip, because there was a jump computer wise, technological wise. Like the old IBM computers, like the the supercomputer that they had took up a whole room, right? These are 10 times more advanced than, than their supercomputer back then.
0: And for those just listening to the audio, you're talking about your iPhone
1: correct what it's done we've taken such a jump yeah uh, technologically speaking because of because of this that it's almost as if to a point where careful because you know you're playing with fire probably the greatest thing that they procured from this was free energy and that right now is the biggest reason why they don't want to let this out
0: yes let's talk about free energy Okay. <laughs> free energy. Um,
1: uh, free energy. They realized, and this came from, uh, and it was explained by Bob Lazar. Uh, I'm hoping I'm going to do a good job here.
0: You're doing a fabulous job of remembering names, like
1: uh, it's. I have so much information in my head. I, you know, it's like I, I just couldn't even begin to. I don't even know where I would begin to start writing it all out. Bob Lazar came out in like I think it was like 1985, 1986. He worked with John Lear, who was a good friend of his. John Lear's father was actually uh the creator of the Lear jet, believe it or not. So Bob came out, got it out to the news that he worked for S4, and that he had been working on he had been working on UFOs that were not of this earth, that were piloted by other beings. By the time anyone could really get a hold of him and get his story in full you couldn't even you know uh follow up on his credentials he said he worked for s4 he worked in this particular area he gave names he gave numbers you know uh everything you know his badge number everything and none of it could be uh proven it was like they wiped him clean you know there's no evidence and that's how they, they they're they so good at keeping this information from us. They compartmentalized everything. Let's say you're working next to me in one cubicle and I'm in the other. You could be working on something in the secret space program. You have no idea that it, what it's for, or, you know, that it's going to be for the secret space program. Um, and I'm over here working on something else that's for a, a special kind of weapon, right? I know how to make this particular piece, and that's my job. And then it'll get assembled with other people. It'll go to the next person, what their job is. Everything's so compartmentalized, nobody knows anything. We mm-hmm. have no idea. That's how they've kept this secret for so long. The free energy is the way it was explained was a device that can pull from the vacuum of space within the vacuum of space is infinite energy one cubic centimeter of that is enough power from the vacuum of space one cubic centimeter what he was explaining was enough energy to power the entire earth for two days now if everyone can you imagine what that would do to our society if all of a sudden everyone's got free energy (laughs) runs your house free everything well, that would be awesome, mm-hmm. but that would crash our economy. All right. Thousands and thousands of people will be out of jobs. Uh, we don't need electric company anymore. We don't need oil, gas. We don't need any of that. Everything's powered through these free energy devices, which is continuous and infinite forever. You can just continue to pull energy from the vacuum of space. Okay? Right. Okay as small as a box this big
0: okay
1: you can use the power of your entire house okay there's reports that they've been able to retro engineer that they have them they'll never let that out money drives the uh uh drives our world basically all right our governments they control okay they're the ones that are in control that's why they, uh, Nikolai Tesla, I'm sure, well, you've heard of the Tesla cars, right? Where do you think they got that name from? Nikolai Tesla figured it out, okay? He worked along with Thomas Edison. Nearby where I live, there's a uh, an area called Menlo Park Terrace. I believe Thomas Edison had a, a home or a lab there. But Nikolai worked alongside him. And when they were trying to figure out um, the whole electricity business, uh, Edison had the single current. Uh, Tesla had the alternating current going back and forth. JP Morgan, even back then, one of the millionaires back then, they went along with Thomas Edison's idea because Tesla had gotten to a point where um, he was able to pull electricity out of the air, all right, and even created, I know it sounds crazy, created a remote control Where he was able to, and you should see some of the some of the things that, you know, the pictures and it was amazing. He would his the Tesla tower, the electricity that would run through it, the Tesla coils, okay. This is gonna also go off into a whole nother crazy area. Okay. He apparently had figured out how to freely pull electricity out of the air. And what he wanted to do was be able to give this to the world. So everyone could you know, use this power freely themselves. It was all free. Well, no, the powers that be, they don't want that. Why? We want people to pay. Tesla, we can't put a meter on what you're doing. But we can with Edison's idea. We can put a meter on it. We can measure the usage and charge everyone for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that was basically just another reason why they decided to keep all of this, um, secret. Um, it would have been great if it had happened during Tesla's time. Now, Tesla was also working on some other incredible things. Okay. Um, it gets into a whole nother area, which really caused the growth and see the Roswell event, the things that were recovered from Tesla. That's what really built, the military-industrial complex. And that's what Eisenhower told us uh, to to, uh, worry about down the road, where Mm -hmm. the the military-industrial complex would kind of break away because they would gain so much power. And you can imagine keeping things hidden like uh, all the technology that they were able to grab up from the Roswell incident. So from our military army navy air force marines right senators as well okay the reason why they got involved is because they don't have term limits they can become politics as long as they keep getting elected they can be career politicians all right so many times senators would you know be sent down they had high security clearances some of these people it got to the point where even the president didn't have high enough security clearance you know that's a whole nother story where eisenhower uh, was going to infiltrate area 51 when he heard about it uh, because he wasn't allowed to gain access. So a whole nother story. But now Tesla was also working on teleportation. He supposedly, he kind of stumbled on time travel as well. Who knows? It's also believed um, some people believe that Tesla wasn't human or that he may have been uh Venusian like from Venus or maybe he was given some kind of help telepathically he was like given downloads of information on you know the guy was a genius you know he was probably you know uh smarter than einstein he was
0: put on this planet for that reason to transform how tesla has changed things for sure
1: absolutely and the name still still survived right here's a funny one when tesla passed away the fbi um, went to his lab. They ransacked his re- lab and they took all of his work. One of the guys was Donald Trump's uncle. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, it was, you know, you c- the connections here are just, it's just mind-blowing. The military-industrial complex became very s- s- certain people within our entire military that, you know, It's like they created with certain something, someone other, certain others created their own faction secretly to wield this power, control it, and use it for themselves. All right. And then over time, it just kind of grew. There are parts of the military you don't know anything about, you never will. They were able to learn how to build with these gigantic drills, the dumbs, they call them dumbs, deep underground military bases, the size of cities with incredible technology, right? It's all hidden, all hidden. But the military industrial complex then from there also um, continued Tesla's work and they built teleportation devices. Andrew Bajago. Who believe it or not was on the presidential ticket for 2016. Mm. He was also a time traveler. He there was uh it was called Project Pegasus. Okay. Um, he was as a young boy, and his father was running the program. Don't I I have no idea why um, um they were using their own kids to their advantage. You know, high-ranking officers within these secret programs. They had created from all of Tesla's work, teleportation devices, time travel devices, a jump room. It was a jump chair, really. It's hard to even explain. And they were able to jump to Mars. Mm -hmm. They weren't physically there. It was almost as if it was like a holographic image, you know, like you might see in Star Wars. You know, you could communicate with someone, but, you know, it's like a holographic image of that person. And they were able to view what was going on there. Okay. Now, this goes back 1979, 1980. Okay. Okay. there was a lot of work by the government doing with psychic ability. All right. I even remember my mother pulling a newspaper uh, clipping um, when I was probably like eight years old. She knew I had some kind of ability. I, I grew up always knowing I was empathic. I had so many experiences growing up that I don't know how I knew how I knew this just before it happened. I call it like 30-second um, like, uh, clairvoyance. I could see 30 seconds ahead of time. Really good survival technique because you can tell ahead what's going to happen 30 seconds before. Can you, um can you still do that? You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Can you still do that?
1: Yes. Um I'm there's been many instances where I'm like I'm surprised I'm still alive, you know. Um where I, you know, after thinking about I said, you know, to myself on several occasions, "Whoa, if I didn't react at that moment, I might be dead right now, okay? There were other small instances of it over time, but she pulled a newspaper article that's, uh she goes, you know, um, there's this company that wants to test uh, children's psychic ability. Do you think you'd be interested in that? Why, why would you tell, like, a seven-year-old that?
0: I feel like seven is the magic number with like when people come onto the podcast. It, it, it always starts with like seven years old. And my story started at seven as well.
1: Right. Um, she saw something in me. She saw it. Um, she would go to psychics herself. Back then it was called psychics, uh, not mediums. Uh, um, but which is oddly what I became as a, as an adult. Um. But yeah, all of those experiences were there um most of these kids that they were using had psychic ability um i said no to it i guess it spooked me a little um but andrew Bajago was one of them um they would there was a place an underground base in not woodbridge because that's where i come from and i when he first said it i was like wait did he just say my township it's actually it was called woodridge new jersey so there's a town called Woodridge, New Jersey, where there was an underground base, and that's where he, his father would take him, and they would they would run tests. And he described what the what the device was and what it looked like and what the experience was when they would teleport from there out into the Midwest. And they knew the location where they were supposed to. One of the things is they didn't, they I think they've perfected it by now. They were working on it. Why were they using kits? I think um, they had come to the realization that um, because they were younger, um, it didn't affect them as much. But they they'd learned a lot of things. All right. Um, They said uh, Andrew had said one of his uh, friends who was also teleporting with him um, actually wound up teleporting uh, into uh, like a, a water fountain. You know, one of those, you know, where you throw money or whatever. You know, it's only like about ankle deep um not realizing that um he couldn't teleport fully in water and air at the same time so when he when he teleported his he kind of fell right off of his feet okay. so he had feet his feet were in the water but they weren't part of his body anymore oh, well. and he was, yeah and he was screaming he's like Oh, what are we going to do as his report? I'm quoting him. I'm only nine years old. You know, that's what he reported uh, had happened. Yes. They also created what's known as chronovision. I'm still baffled by this idea. And Andrew's reports uh, talked about it was like a big flat screen. Even back then they had this like a flat screen TV. And somehow, with the technology they were using, they were able to dial in frequencies from the past and actually view past events. Wow, I can't wrap my head around it. But where I stand with a lot of these whistleblowers, and I'm sorry, there's there's a lot of people I don't absolutely believe at all. There's here's the three roads. You know, the one in the middle is. Well, they've said some interesting things. I, I just don't have enough proof. Um, I'm going to have to do a little bit more research with this, whatever it is, or this person. Or the other, the, the final road, which I've gathered enough information. I believe it's enough evidence. I believe, even though I can't prove it, I believe this to be absolutely 100% true. So you have to travel those three roads, in my opinion. He talked about all of these different experiences, and um, there were several people within the program. He had actually he said he had gone back to and there are stories about general washington saying that um and and you know in his diaries and whatnot that he was visited by like uh, two angels or two beings in white sounds crazy but interestingly enough andrew said that he they actually went back in time they developed and perfected the time travel device that was originally Uh, being worked on by tesla he went back in time actually spoke to general washington and he said to him i came here to tell you that you have to go there and if you don't go that way you're going to lose the war the revolutionary war he said he also visited um, and um saw with his own eyes and heard it with his own ears the gettysburg address he even showed a picture. There was an actual snapshot uh, of him as a small boy. Sounds absurd. I know. Look him up Andrew Bajago, B A S I A G O. He was also told that he was supposed to become the president of the United States as of 2016. He's like, I'm not sure. 2016, maybe 2020. He goes, But I'm also not sure. You know, that could be a different timeline. Now, when I heard this, Prior to uh the 2010, 2016 election. Okay. He predicted Trump and Pence, his running mate. He used those two names. He even said, he goes, Trump's gonna run and win. And I'm not sure I think one of his running mates, it'll either be Jesse Ventura or um uh what's his name? Pence. I forget his first name, which became our VP uh 2016.
0: There's so many questions. That'll be a whole other podcast on just on time travel. But there like... would
1: have to be. There would have to be. Getting back to uh Andrew Bajago, he had said already at this point, uh Washington, DC should have been under like, you know, like 30 feet of water.
0: So do you think that's coming?
1: Um n- no, I think that was a different timeline that he he would say he was saying at this time I had gone Uh, Forward in time, I think it was like 20, it was between 2020, because this is, you know, from the time traveling that he was doing back when he was a younger child, okay, okay, went to, I want to say it was somewhere between 2020 and 2022 or something, you know, which is only just a little ways off for us. Mm Mm-hmm. We should have already uh, had been, you know, Washington, D.C. should have already been underwater. Okay. Uh, but it's not. So, and he says, if that doesn't happen, he goes, maybe it's because it was a different timeline, you know. So that's one of the things that I think they never really um, perfected was not knowing what timeline you're jumping into, mm-hmm. uh, whether you're going forward or, or backward in time. But you still have the ability to go back from where you start in that, your own particular timeline.
0: That could get confusing.
1: Yeah. They even said on the chronovisor that they actually saw the uh, crucifixion of Christ.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: They even said that they had gone, literally gone back in time and saw Christ come out of the, um, you know, the cave in which he was laid to rest.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. so much so much you can look into this and research for sure. oh
1: in- incredible incredible
0: but is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up today's episode
1: you know i i think um i think it's important um, if you want to know more about this stuff um i would say the best person and you want to you want to understand ufology or ufo's from Soup to Nuts, um, visit Carrie Cassidy's website, projectcamelotportal.com. You can also uh, register or subscribe to her site. I believe it's worth maybe a cup of coffee per month. It helps her, um, her being out there. It's not that it's being that, that it's a lucrative thing for her. She's an incredible journalist. She started out in Hollywood um, wanting to uh, be a director of films she really didn't make it out there because she didn't really see herself kind of giving in to the pressures of you know what it takes in order to to make it out there so she became more of an independent filmmaker and did make one film i believe i think really from there is where she somebody wanted to do like you know a documentary on uh ufos and it, i think that's where it just spurred on from that person's testimony just wowed them it was her and bill ryan bill ryan's past now and um you know over the years they had since separated um as far as working together but she's still going strong you know like i said she's been doing this for maybe 19 years now over a thousand well over a thousand interviews some of the great some of the best ones pete peterson bob dean clifford stone clifford stone uh, believe it or not actually testified uh before congress or said he would testify be- before congress no i'm sorry he did testify before Congress, and said at that time which was probably i want to i want to say the 90s that that we have at this point knowledge of upwards, I want to say, he either said 54 or 57 different species of intelligent life out there that have visited this planet. Bob Dean, they were good friends. They were high-ranking officers in the military, both of them. He talks about how the Anunnaki are working in our government right now. You wouldn't even be able to tell them apart. And this goes back to one of your original questions. They are walking among us. You wouldn't know the difference. I think some probably are able to shapeshift because apparently the reptilians can do that. But as far as the Anunnaki, um, they're in our government, they're in our military, they're all over. They look like us. You'd have to really look straight into their eyes to, to know and say, you don't look different or you look different you don't you know you would just kind of get this feeling that they're just there's something about them that is not human hence is probably where that whole men in black thing comes from you know where somebody's talking too much this is what my wife always said she goes I feel like someone's going to come knocking at our door one day with all the stuff that you know (laughs) and I'm like don't worry it'll be okay but Carrie Cassidy has been a a pioneer and Um, you know, there have been threats on her life, you know. Um, you know, she's, you know, she can't really, you know, she can't get a regular job uh by what she's doing. You know, she writes uh amazing articles on her website. She truly is a gifted uh, you know, investigative journalist. Um and that's where you're gonna get all this information from. That's where you'll get the majority of it from. Um, and it's and it's not just about UFOs. I mean, it's it's everything. She's interviewed these people um, where it's it's not just UFOs. It's technology. It's the stuff that we've built that they keep secret, such as the TR three B I discussed. There's a thing called the, the Looking Glass, um, which this technology allows you with your intention allows you to see. Possible futures. Wow. So it'll give you, it's like an artificial intelligence. We are dealing with that these days. It'll give you like a handful of possible outcomes based on if you do this or you do that, things will go this way. So you look at what you feel is the the best, you know, alternative, you know, uh, outcome for you
0: that sounds very similar to my pre-birth planning memories is that they'll show me like, okay, this is the path that like you're planning to be on. And if you decide, because there's lots of detours that we could take with their free will. And right. there was possibilities. Like if you detour this way and you don't listen to us, like your the guidance and you mm-hmm. decide to, I don't know, get into alcohol, get into drugs, get into this relationship. Like this is how your life would change. If you had that machine in front of you right now, would you want to know the answers? So would you want to use um, it?
1: No, <laughs> I want the same. I want the same idea. You know, we came here for a purpose. If when we were born, when we forgot what our purpose was, if we knew ahead of time, what was going to happen in our life, would we want to go forward with it? Absolutely not. Because, yeah, I do believe we come into this life um, and we're meant to suffer everyone in some way, shape or form. Not to say that there's not good things that are going to happen throughout your life. I'm sure there are. You know, if you got to see your whole life in one big snapshot, you know, when I was five, I was hit by a car. You know, if I knew ahead of time I was going to do that, would I want to go through that? No. You know, so I think there's a a, a purpose behind forgetting, but then growing into with the help of our loved ones in spirit, um, growing into that purpose what we call destiny right however you want to use that word versus the free will that you know throw throw us off from that purpose and i do believe our loved ones in spirit kind of like a pinball machine help little things to happen distract us do this throw this here to get our attention to help shuck us back onto that road that we uh, originally came here for i would look into corey good uh, ascensionworks.tv uh, another one of those 20 and back uh whistleblowers was alex rodriguez another thing i wanted to mention that he uh, that cory good talked about in terms of ufos and oh my god there's a, a wealth i haven't even scratched the surface with cory good one of the more interesting things of late was i believe a year or two ago we had an asteroid that uh came through it was called Oumuamua. Because it was uh, um, a Hawaiian astronomer who found it and named it that. Even now, some scientists are saying because, and I believe it's supposed to be coming back around again. Uh, but even scientists are suggesting that there's something very interesting about that. And that, believe it or not, was it was it was a ship. It was a craft, and it was hollowed out of, you know, a um, an asteroid. So. One of the things that they, they don't tell you, but as it was coming through our solar system, um, one of the weird things it did is the speed changed. So the, the speed at which it was traveling changed as if it like, in other words, it slowed down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Was it being in, uh, intelligently controlled? No. According to Corey, it was from uh, what, what they're termed as uh, the ancient builders, the ancient builder race where is all the pyramidal designs originally came from you'll find them on mars they're on our planet there's even structures on that like the moon there's i believe one of the um there's a uh either i believe it's it's called Ceres. um it's um, a planetoid moon i think it's jupiter or saturn not oh saturn sorry uh the rings of saturn um they're supposedly uh a widely used base used from our own secret space program because i didn't even get farther into that when they started the space shuttle in 1980 i remember i was 10 years old i watched the first space shuttle go up that was one big farce that's what dawned our secret space program okay by the way trump starts a you know Um, a sixth military branch known as Space Force. Why would you do that if there's nothing going on up there? As far as we know, that's just the space station, and there's hardly ever anyone on there anyway. It's because there is something going on up there.
0: How do you think he knows about it?
1: Yes, he absolutely Mm -hmm. knows about it. I think, you know, see, every new president comes into office, and there's a thing called earmarks, all right? That's money set aside that they promise certain people. You know, they'll they'll get this these millions or whatever scientists or corporations that say, we're going to study this or that, and we need the funding in order to do that. But I'm sure as soon as somebody becomes president, they get a lot of phone calls, and I'm sure they get the phone call from the military-industrial complex. They don't even know who they're talking to, but they're being told – Hey, you're the new guy in there. Guess what? This is how things are going to be. This is how everything's going to run. And you're going to set aside these monies for us. Um, And if you don't, we'll assassinate you. You know, I think that's why uh, uh, JFK was assassinated. You know, he was going to he was going to sing like a bird. You know, he was going to let it all out. And they couldn't allow that to happen. Once he once um, he was killed, that was the cabal. They took over. They infiltrated our country, our government. Uh, we are a captured operation currently, but that's a whole other area. I'm not even going to get into. But that asteroid that was really amazing, a Apparently, it's taking another pass through our uh, solar system. It's it's really incredible.
0: What do you think is going to happen next? What if it goes around again?
1: You know, it's already been explored, believe it or not. We have a secret space program, too. So in other words, by 1980, we took over the Germans base on the moon. It no longer looks like a swastika anymore. We've changed it up. We are constantly sending people back and forth. We actually do have the technology. All right. What I was told, it looks like Star Wars up there. Okay, Dark Fleet is still a thing. Uh, from what I understand now there 's one of this uh secret space programs that is called solar warden there 's the earth alliance um, that we 're connected with even the the Russians and the Chinese have their own little s- secret space program but i 'm telling you right now from what they 're talking about they 're basically policing our entire solar system. They have the technology to travel back and forth beyond our solar system. We have that kind of technology where we can um you know, sort of like warp through space, okay? They have found, you you wonder where they get the idea for these movies. There's one device called the Stargate, all right? Well, back in the 90s, there was a movie called uh, Stargate, and it was created by this ancient builder race, right? The ring needed to be powered, and it was a wormhole system that went to all these different planets throughout the entire galaxy. And there they met all these different beings, also humans and whatnot. It was really, it was a, watch the movie. And then actually they, it spun off into a three, three different series. Watching those shows and all those episodes, although there is some fabrication, it'll give you a really good idea on where we've come or how far we've gone, where we've come from and how far we've gone um, in terms of what kind of technology we have ships that, or is the, what Corey discussed was Corey good was there was a ship that came down to pick him up. It was about the size of an SUV. There was two seats in the front enough for three seats in the back. He got in, they went mm, nice. where they went. I don't know, but well, he talked all, you know so much about all the different races, galactic Alliance out there, which is very similar to, As he described to what you would see in the movie Star Wars, where there's a conglomerate of different races out there that are basically, it's kind of like a United Nations sort of effect. Everything's in check, you know, out there. The 20 and back program is a whole nother area that we'd have to get into at a different time. (laughs) Check him out. The first one you want to see, you want to listen to, Carrie Cassidy. She's amazing. She's she's probably my favorite, number one up top. I still listen to her uh, when she, you know, I think I watched her most latest uh, video. It's taken a turn since, um, you know, since uh, Trump has become president. There's a lot more different types of people that she's uh, interviewing, you know, as far as The current state of our world, but she still does interviews with whistleblowers. Yeah, it's amazing stuff.
0: I love that. I don't think I've ever been so quiet for a podcast episode before because I'm just like soaking it all in. It's definitely been a lot of information in this episode. So I'm hoping that people have learned a lot and we have some resources that we can kind of continue to learn about. But yes, you are a ball of knowledge. I do have one last question that I wanted to touch on. Why are there so many UFO sightings in Las Vegas, Nevada?
1: Because Area 51 is about 100 miles north of it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Not to mention. Now, that's Groom Lake. That's uh, They built that probably in the early 50s. Probably came out of the whole Roswell event. There's many levels underground. Okay. Besides, um, that's where they probably test all their secret experiments and whatnot. As time went on, they became in contact with other races, other beings. Besides, I think with the retro engineering of the ships that were downed, uh, we needed a place to test it. Do I think we actually went to the moon in 1969? That's a whole other story. Yes and no. But with the retro engineered technology, I believe they had the ability to go to the moon by 1953 and did. From there, they created other, other bases, secret, you know, bases. There was S1, S4. There were reports from one whistleblower who had said a good friend of his. He was, he had a big payload. It was a truck it was out in the midwest I, I don't remember exactly what particular state it was he had called because he said there's no address he goes i'm out in the middle of nowhere so in time with the number that he was told to call if there was any problems he said that to proceed in this particular direction and then basically the mountainside just kind of opened up <laughs> and he went in and he said it went on for miles and miles and miles. Now the way they're able to build these dumps, these deep underground military bases, are done with these jet. Ge- and you could look it up if you want. Um, drilling devices. They're probably they're. I don't even. I'm trying to give you an idea of how big these things are. They're probably fifty feet wide mm-hmm. and fifty feet high. They're they're that big, and there's these special kind of drills that just drill. It melts the rock, it and and at the same time, it it sort of just creates this uh, glassy, tubular finish to it, as they just continue to drill through. Okay, mm-hmm. and it just happens so quick, and they just continue to drill far enough down until. They begin working on their military base. Bill Tompkins said basically, uh, with the secret space program over time, is once they had figured out, at least with our uh, secret space program, Earth Alliance, which I think are connected to Sol- Solar Warden, he said that um, the way they got that going was once we had mastered um, anti gravity uh devices, which we have. Okay. If we wanted to have. You know, flying cars, we could have flying cars right now, all right? But they'll never disclose that to the public. It would just change our economy. It would just throw everything into chaos. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they did was they took empty submarines, all right? They slapped the anti-gravity on it, and they just brought it up into uh orbit. They did that several times and connected each one. And it almost appeared like it was like, um, like a grid at that point. And... From there, I I think the space shuttles that they were sending up were basically payloads of all kinds of equipment, you know, electronics and different things, in order to finalize these ships that they were building out of it. But eventually it it got to a point where, you know, once we were out there and fully equipped we were now then to uh, able to just continue to build them out and build them better from space the way he described it it's it was he says it was like it's like star wars the -hmm. types of ships that we have out there Corey talks about very highly evolved uh race of beings known as the blue avians they exist differently than us different plane of existence um but from what I understand, he said they've created a uh, a barrier around our solar system where the reptilians can't get in or get out. The reptilians, the uh, the Draco, and where they come from, the, the name of their planet is escaping me right now still. They've overtaken several star systems over the millennia uh, for thousands of years. They Their god is an AI god, believe it or not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's incredible. But yes, um Las Vegas, but don't don't be confused. I mean, there are uh UFO reports um all around the world. Most of them, I would say, are probably in the uh, Mexico area. Okay. But if they're seeing reports in around the Las Vegas area, that's our own stuff most of the time. Those are the TR3Bs but that's because yeah area 51 is about 100 miles north. Unfortunately when I went to Las Vegas the one time uh, a few years ago I just did I was so busy I did not have a chance. And trust me it was my intention to try to get outside and just look up at the you know the stars in the sky and just see if I would see anything but I just didn't have enough time to do that.
0: Yeah, so. it would be nice to kind of leave the strip and then go out in the nature apart at nighttime
1: i had such a great time out there but there's reports around the world yeah. uh it's not just so much in one area um
0: it's funny because i told you I, the only news i really see about this type of stuff is like what pops up on facebook and every right. time it's like las vegas nevada nevada las vegas and i'm like what is it about this one spot but then it's also like
1: the algorithm
0: algorithm yes
1: yeah and now it just that spurred my memory i think the name of the The planet that Carrie was talking about that they came from is Aldebaran. Mm, That's the name of the planet. So thank you for that. The technology that we have and what we're doing with it, that's uh, mesmerizing me more uh, these days than uh, um, just the whole UFO thing, you know?
0: But yeah, let's jump into the rapid fire questions um, before we finish up. Do you know your sun, moon and rising? No. (laughs) When is your birthday?
1: My birthday is January 16th. I am a Capricorn.
0: Oh, you're Capricorn. Okay. We'll go with Capricorn for now. Okay. Uh, If you can incarnate as any animal, which one would you choose? Eagle. And why?
1: There's something about flying. I have dreams uh, about flying. I just find that the eagle... uh, masterful and free. I love that. It's a symbol of freedom. Um, just an amazing animal. Yeah.
0: It's a good one. What is the best prank that you've ever played on somebody or somebody has played on you?
1: Oh God. Uh, I, I I can't say prank that anyone's played or I've done, but maybe a good joke that they, you know, thought it was real, and I was so serious about telling it. I was like, oh, my God, I, I heard on the news um, that was, did you hear about this, you know, the death of this uh, 80-year-old woman? Um, they found her dead lying in a tub of milk, and um, they think it was a homicide. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, well, you know, at first you would think that she probably drowned, you know, but um, she didn't. They think it's a homicide when they did the, um, the autopsy. Um, and you've really got to play it good. You just have to play it really good and, and just keep them like mesmerized. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, when they did, they found shredded wheat stuffed in her throat. So they knew that she, you know, that she was murdered, you know, and they just don't catch on. So she was found, you know, in milk and in, sh- in a tub of milk and shredded wheat was stuffed down her throat. But they think it's a serial killer.
0: Mm. Serial. <laughs> And they and it probably happened down the road down from your house
1: <laughs> well, the milk and the shredded wheat, cereal, and they thought it was a serial killer until they finally oh. get it, they're like, they want to strangle me <laughs> at that point,
0: oh my gosh, I didn't even catch on, <laughs> yeah yeah's um, been down the road from us. He's on the loose. If you could time travel like we were talking about earlier, would you to your the future or would you want to travel back into time and to change anything?
1: Uh, I would want to go to the future and the past. Uh, I wouldn't want to change anything. Um, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, I think when you do that, you cause a new timeline and timeline split. I would definitely want to go back to, as long as I can stay safe, see the dinosaurs. But yeah, I would want to go to the future. Sometimes I feel as though I existed on another planet in a very technologically advanced society yeah so
0: um you'd want to do both back in the past and then the past and future so have you ever seen the tv show the bachelorette or the bachelor
1: bits and pieces of it yes
0: does your wife watch it
1: absolutely even the most recent one the um uh the senior one the bachelor yeah gold okay she will watch that and i just I won't make a comment, but she's just like, she's just zoned in. She's dialed in.
0: Okay. Me and her would get along. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're familiar with the night one where they come out of the limo and they introduce themselves, what would your limo entrance be?
1: So I'm I'm getting out of the limo. I would absolutely dress up and be well-groomed. I'd probably come out with a tux on, you know, um, looking sharp. I think I would be funny i think humor is one of my better qualities genuine i don't know i, t- I guess i would want to say peaceful and loving i would want to present to them my true spirit i could just be silly you know and we're silly so so much <laughs> um if i was gonna say something to her, the first thing i would say so
0: you're Donna. blushing you're blushing <laughs>
1: I would probably say something like, you are one sexy bitch, you know, <laughs> something like that.
0: I like that. I like that. You'll make her so, smile. You'll make her laugh.
1: Humor is very, I think, very important part of my life, too.
0: What inspires you?
1: Acts of incredible feats that um, I think can only be achieved through the heart, you know? And belief um believing in yourself and believing in in god you know there's these i'm a special ed teacher i see the things that hold them back they they have it tough i i, I work hard for them they work hard um they inspire me
0: uh i love that
1: i um especially when they come back to me whether it's just in passing outside of school, um, and tell me how they're doing, and uh, those are you know the far and few between rewards.
0: Just those uh, little moments where it can hard yes. and you're like, "Wow, yeah, I love that."
1: It, exactly, and um, I think also what inspires me just generally in people is their conviction, their their strength and their belief in something, and they, and they believe in it so strongly. Um, I'm inspired, you know, by that strength. I don't want to say I would want to model myself um, to them, but I just want a piece of that.
0: Yeah, I agree. If there was an envelope in front of you right now, which told you the day that you're going to die and would you want to open the envelope?
1: No. no, no. Because I probably I probably have anxiety for the rest of the, my life until that time came. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to get it out of my head. That's me. I would never want to know. You, you're born through the womb. You're meant to forget. I think we're meant to operate in trust and faith that no matter what, Everything is going to be okay. To know ahead of time, I I personally think that would be maddening. (laughs) That would be—I don't know. Would you want (laughs) to know?
0: I'm the weirdo that wants to know. Yeah,
1: you want to (laughs) know. It could be you find out you have to go tomorrow, and you're like, "Damn," you know, (laughs) Um, you know, or next week. Um, But I, I think I would be afraid to find out that it would be sooner than later.
0: For me, it's like I want a little bit of a warning,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah,
0: that kind of surprises. You know, I want to say all the goodbyes and all that.
1: Yeah, if it was broken down and um, I was allowed to know if if it was going to be my time sooner or later, mm-hmm. I might take a peek. <laughs> I might take a peek. You know, but um, the exact day, when, and how, and um, no. I don't want to know.
0: (laughs) What is your favorite crystal? Amethyst. Mm, Me too.
1: But it's that calm, soothing effect that it provides. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I kind of like having them spattered about. I have a pendant of one I wear around my neck. Uh, Secondly, it would be uh, angelite.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a nice one. Uh,
1: And that's more so... Um, that falls in lines with the uh, um, mediums and connection between um, angel and, you know, um, angels or spirit and you or whatnot. So,
0: totally. That was awesome. There was so much information. If anybody wants to stay in contact with you, if they were interested in the things that you were talking about today, if they may have follow up questions, where can people find you?
1: Um, they could find me um, on my Facebook page called Spiritual Connections with Fitz. You know, you can get in touch with me that way, um, whether it's just, um, you know, for informational purposes, readings even. And I think perhaps down the road, um, I've considered doing uh, either a live or a podcast of my own or so, hopefully, I'll hear from some people and, uh, you know, in some way or some way, shape, or form, I'll be able to uh, connect with you, help, or whatever it is, whatever your need is.
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for all your time today. Yeah, I'm sure my listeners are going to really learn a lot from this episode.
1: Thank you so much. Um, I was really so excited to finally have. Uh, a forum a platform like this to just lay out everything that i have in my head uh i've said to so many people i have so much information in this area and we've only just scratched the surface (laughs) i hope down the road there's there'll be other opportunities uh where we can uh you know expand on uh what i've already uh talked about
0: yeah you'll definitely have to come back
1: thank you so much